0: Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast. My hat is on not even straight, question mark? My life is just all in shambles right now because work is killing me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this hat live on air. This is the beauty of production. What in the hell? There we go. I think that's better. Okay, hat is fixed. Let's do it. Uh, hello again. Welcome to the show, the podcast, where we do shit live and we give our opinions on things. So that's what we're going to do today. Today, we are going to take stock of MLB The Show 22, at least as it stands right now. A couple reasons for doing this. We're going we're to call this the state of MLB The Show 22, of course. Maybe even as a franchise. Maybe we don't need the 22. Maybe just the state of MLB The Show. Um, partially inspired by Shelfie's YouTube video uh, where he talked about the player of the month grind. We will talk about the player of the month grind. Um, there's just a lot of things to talk about. We're about a month into the game cycle. It's a pretty good amount of time to at least kind of have an idea of what's going on. I think. If you just picked up the game yesterday, you might already fucking know how inconsistent it can be. So, this is not going to be a long episode. It's not going to be a short one, per se. It's not going to be a long one. Um, and I want to make some disclaimers. You guys know that I am always going to give you the God's honest truth. Exactly what I am thinking. I don't pull punches. Certainly not a sieve. Um, or a shill. Well, a sieve. What the fuck? What am I talking about? I'm certainly not a shill for SDS or MLB Show. That being said. I think this is 100% true in most things in life. Okay? If you're going to bash something. Which... Rightfully so, in MLB The Show, specifically 22, definitely some of 21. You have to also acknowledge the positives. It's only fair. Whether we like it or not, there are some positives in MLB The Show 22. Are they enough to keep people interested while the gameplay and other things suck? That's your own decision to make. That's to be determined. But if we're going to be completely fair, completely honest, and I think that's important... In all, again, in pretty much all aspects of life. Gotta acknowledge some positives. So we're gonna go along the way, along this journey. Talk about some good, talk about some bad, talk about some indifferent, talk about some things that could be good if they were improved, or changed, or maybe fucking gotten rid of entirely. Um, so that's where we're at for MLB The Show 22 on the show, the podcast. Um, I dislike being negative all the time. I know... You guys who listen, I've, I've gotten comments before and, and, and DMs and things like, I love your enthusiasm, I love the way you come, and this is not me patting myself on the back, trust me. If you guys have listened for a long time, you know me by now, I don't do that, or I try not to. Um, but just the, generally, the vibe of the show, I've always tried to have it is like, we all enjoy playing a video game, let's fucking just have fun talking about it. But the problem is, the game has gotten so incredibly frustrating in just about every aspect that it's been hard, and I admit that. So I apologize if I've turned some people off. Over these last, uh, I don't know, however many weeks it's been. Maybe months going back to the end of 21. Because they're all fucking bored of that game. Um, But this game is supposed to be fun. Or at least this podcast should be fun. That's my hope. That's my goal. I want you guys to listen for 30 minutes, 45 minutes every week. And be like, wow, that guy's a fucking idiot. And then move on with your day. So, we're going to... This is our way to collectively, together. We can decompress. We can take a step back. We can acknowledge the good, acknowledge the bad, maybe wash our hands of it, for some of us maybe just accept it as is, for some of us maybe hope for more, for better, for the future, and then we move on from here. I don't want you guys to think this is a change of anything that's going on. I have just acknowledged, even lately, that sometimes I like, I don't even know what to talk about on the podcast because I'm just so incredibly frustrated, and I don't want that. This is fun. I started this as a fun project. It's going to continue to be a fun project, okay? Capisce? So if you guys are on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, tell your grandmother about me. If you're guys listening on Apple and Spotify, I love you both eternally. Or I love you both. I love everybody on all those platforms eternally. Um, quick, 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 quick little announcement before we get into the actual meat and potatoes of this video. I'm not trying to hold you guys hostage here with a long ass intro, but I realize I've probably already fucking done that. Um, coming soon, this month, in May. I have another podcast coming. Oh, yes. That's right. I hear I hear the cheers. I have another podcast coming. It has nothing to do with baseball. Uh, me and my uncle. So my uncle, when I was born, was... I think he was 14 or 15. It's always younger in age. Um, obviously older than me, but younger in age. And big comic book person. He's the one who's got me into comic books. Ironically, he doesn't enjoy the Power Rangers like I do. But that's because we're from a different era. Um, but I'm a nerd. He's a nerd. So... We started a nerd podcast. It's called Earth's Mightiest Idiots. We're gonna have some fun. We're going to uh, talk about comic book news every week. But the crux of the podcast is that we are going to take two characters who's never even met each other before: Spider-Man versus Batman. That's a really shitty example because they're so popular. But let's just use them: Spider-Man versus Batman. And we're gonna battle and see who has a better argument for who would win. We're gonna be—it's it, completely not serious. We're just fucking around. Me and my uncle get along very well. He wanted to give us a shot and like, of course I'm going to do that with my family, with my uncle. So Earth's Mightiest Idiots, it's at E-M-Idiots on Twitter if you guys want to follow. Uh, if you guys want to subscribe to the YouTube page, it's on my Twitter, KDJTV611. But I will also link it in the YouTube description. Listen, some of you guys might not be in, into nerd shit. I am. But if you are, just consider giving it a follow, uh, subscribe, a like, or whatever the fuck they're called now these days. And uh, it would mean a lot to me. So, cool beans. Alright, let's talk. Let's talk about MLB The Show 22. Okay. We're going to start big and get specific. First thing. I've heard Chev talk about this a lot. He's not the only person. I've heard others talk about it too. MLB The Show 22 feels like a reskin. It feels like a DLC of MLB The Show 21. Basically in all the shitty ways. The menus, Identical. I don't know a soul who enjoyed the menus in 21. They were a big switch from what they were in 20. They're pretty much exactly the same in 22. That's fucking annoying. Uh, The only thing that's different is they gave us a different color background to, I guess, make it a little more vibrant. I don't know. Not for me. It it is what it is. It's just a menu at the end of the day. You live with it. You die with it. it. It just feels no different. When you have a game like 21 that, to be perfectly honest, outlasted Or overstayed is probably better. Where Outlasted kind of gives almost a positive connotation. Overstayed its welcome. And then to just open up 22 and boom, it looks the fucking almost exact same other than some colors. It already makes things feel stale from the rip. Even if, so let's just just say, argument's sake, MLB Show 22 was the best, most pristine, beautiful gameplay you've ever seen from a baseball game. Which it isn't. Still, the second you open the menus, you're like, oh, I've seen this before. Maybe the gameplay overshadows that. I I wouldn't know because currently the gameplay does not. Uh, but it just it doesn't feel different. It doesn't feel new. It just feels like you know how they always say in sports games you never have to buy the next year's game because they just update the rosters. There's more to it than that. But in this respect, they're they're correct. Um, so that's just that's big. Is it the end of the world? No. For some people who don't even spend much time in the menus, who gives a shit, some people don't spend any time in menus because they just load up franchise and play. Good for them. That's fine. Totally. Ca- I, I totally will never judge anybody for how they play or what modes they play of any game. Just a little upset about this. Ah, uh, not even upset. Not the right word. Uh, discouraged, disappointed, uh, bored, bored, probably the best word, a little bored of it. Um, but that's that. Next thing. Um, We're going to save the gameplay for last, guys, because there's a lot to talk about. And I also feel like we've talked about gameplay so much over these last few weeks that I don't want to just keep hammering that shit over everybody's head. But we can't talk about the state of this game without talking about the gameplay. So just if you're expecting that, that's going to come at the end. Um, what they did with programs this year. I don't even know where to start. There's a lot of things that go into this. Number one, inning programs, basically what's been the staple of Diamond Dynasty for several years, gone. In essence, they still exist as these featured programs. There is less reason and consistency in the featured program, whereas sometimes they're three weeks, sometimes they're five, sometimes they're they're two. The first featured program had 30 bosses, the second one had five, the next one's only gonna have one. I don't know if you guys realize that. The next featured program, which is only like two weeks long, only has like one boss. Then they put all the player programs and jersey programs and fucking this, that, the other thing into a quote-unquote other programs category. I don't care about the titles of these things so much. It's just a way to organize shit. Is it organized while also being disorganized? Kinda. Um, You know, it is what it is. The big thing about programs that's different is that they moved almost 100% entirely to a PXP system. You still get your regular program XP. You get that just by playing the game. You get that from collections. You get it from Showdown, Conquest, yada, yada, yada. But in the past, your moments were, or, or even your missions, your moments and missions were like, ah, go hit two extra base hits in a game with this shithead. Uh, go total 10 home runs with, I don't know, shithead McGillicuddy. Playing the game and achieving certain goals. Great. It's fine. What that led to was a lot of mindless CPU grinding. Where you lead off the guy you need 10 home runs with, give him an at-bat, whether he fails or succeeds, quit, restart. You could get him 10 at-bats in quick succession, and theoretically, you could hit 10 home runs in your first 10 tries and be done 5 minutes. Maybe that's even too long. SDS probably didn't like that. They want their grinds to feel more like grinds, which we shall talk about because the player of the month is sheesh. Um, so they moved to PXP. I, this, this is one of those situations where it's kind of in the middle. It's not good, it's not bad. It's kind of, right now, as it stands, kind of indifferent. I don't mind the PXP method. I think it's a fantastic way, and this is a good, what I'm about to say is a good thing. It's the execution that needs the work. Turning it into PXP missions for people who truly want to grind out the program and get it done forces you. To use new cards and new players. Some people might view that as a negative. Like, oh, I just want to use the cards I want to use. And I hear you. I I truly do. But you need to broaden your horizon. I shouldn't say that. I prefer where I'm using different types of cards. I like to see what's on the other side of guys I'd never even consider using. Would I normally use Player of the Month? Henchman Victor Orano? Absolutely fucking not. I never would. However, because I have to acquire, accrue PXP with him, I'll go throw him on Conquest. I'll put him in the event, which has a Player of the Month event. Um, the problem with it, and this is now going to fold over into the Player of the Month discussion here, is, my God, did this, this Player of the Month program grind, this is not an exaggeration, took me at least 10 hours. Did I do it the most efficient way? No. The most efficient way is still to go against the CPU and just play it on rookie or veteran, beat the computer 30 to 2, get all your PXP, quit out. You probably got to do a couple of games. Maybe it takes you four to five hours, which is still long, but it's, it's enough of a grind where I bet SDS is like, okay, we made them work. I chose to do it in Conquest and Events. This way I was... Getting progress in the event, while using the cards, while finishing the conquest. is my way of killing two birds with one stone. Killing them softly, and slowly, maybe, but killing two birds with one stone. Still, ten hours a long fucking time. Imagine if you're just a super casual player. And if you're a super, super casual player who listens to this podcast, you're a fucking G. Thank you. Because I just assume hardcore people of MLB The Show listen to this. But if you're just a casual player who's like, ah, I've got two hours tonight, might have an hour and a couple nights... Uh, On the weekend mornings before my kids get up, I can fuck around and flip the sticks a little bit. This is a lot to ask for those players. In theory, 92 overall Anthony Rizzo, which, by the way, look how long it takes me to scroll to him because this fucking program is so goddamn long. 92 Anthony Rizzo, is it a good card? It's fine. For the length of grind that we just did, I wish it was better. We do have 93s in the game right now. It would have been nice if he was a 93. I know that seems like I'm asking for a one-point raise. I am. But, like, let's beef his contacts up a little higher. This card is what it is. It's a good guy to find in BR. It's fine in an event. Let's be realistic here. 90 to 95% of the MLB The Show 22 population does not have Frank Thomas yet. So Anthony Rizzo is a free, attainable, worth a grind, but free card to get. My problem is, even in May, if I'm grinding for 10 hours, I should have a bona fide starter. This lightning card would have been better if it was, you know, I don't even know. It can't be J-Ram because he just got elevated. You know, it's just got to be somebody better. It's got to be someone with positional flexibility. But this has been a, a long fucking circumventing what I'm trying to talk about way to say. You can give me. This exact program. The same thing. Don't change a thing. All the packs, which aren't a lot. The stubs, the, the, the tiers, the stage 1, stage 2, stage 3, the missions, the moments, blah, 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 blah. You can give me everything. Cut and paste. Same thing. If you cut every single PXP mission in half. For example... That's not a good example. For example... 300 PXP with J.P. Crawford, 300 with Peterson, 300 with Miller, 500 with Romano, 500 with Lopez. Like, it goes on and on. PXP with pitchers this year is decidingly easier. In events, you could probably get 500 PXP with a starter in two to three games if you go two innings and get wins. It's a lot of ifs, it's a lot of hoops, but like, at worst, if it takes you four games, it's not the end of the world. It's the hitters that kind of suck. I wish they would just cut them in half. In theory, you're turning the grind, or cutting the grind in half, just on the whole, in totality. This is an entirely different conversation if they if, if every player of the month lightning card's a 99. That would never happen. I'm not saying it should. But if they were giving us god cards, like legit god cards, close to endgame god cards, and they wanted to make this the player of the month grind, you won't catch me complaining. If Anthony Rizzo was a bona fide surefire without a doubt starter on every single Diamond Dynasty team, you wouldn't catch me complaining. But the way it's currently constructed and the card that they've chosen to give us was just way too much. I will say, though, again, reiterating, I love the PXP path. I think it's a good idea. I think it forces you to use cards. It's better than just... Almost, you feel like you're cheaply bullshitting the game by just going into the CPU, taking an at bat with a guy, quitting. Vice versa, do it all fucking over again. With pitchers, you pitch an inning, quit, pitch an inning, quit. You don't even have to quit. You can just pitch an inning, bunt your way out of hitting, pitch an inning, bunt your way out of hitting, score a run so you could win, bump, 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 bump. You know, it is what it is. Now, this might seem contradictory, but it's worth saying. I just said, I wish this Rizzo was a 93. I as much as I want cards to be good appreciate what they've done with content this year as far as scaling overalls and scaling attributes. This is a this is a to call it a good thing might be too overwhelmingly positive but I appreciate their attempt to make content actually get better as the year goes on. In theory it keeps people coming back. In theory, it gives more cards more time to be viable. It does create some issues where, like, we get a little impatient maybe because we're used to having really good cards really quickly. It's just going to have to be like a mindset reset, um, which is tough for some people, myself included. We'll get there. Don't worry. Last year, one of the major complaints out of the many complaints that there were about this game, or 21, this franchise, was that jacked-up cards were released way too early. 99 Degrom with without liar from TA3, which I miss Team Affinity, by the way. That's a negative. I wish they'd bring that back in its true sense. Tangent. Don't worry about that. But 99 Degrom, 98 Trey Turner was on teams for a long time. Those teams came out... Uh, those teams. Those cards came out in July. They were in lineups... Until this game came out in April of this year. That's almost a full calendar year of having to fuck around with the Grom. That is that is the root of the problem. So now they're being very deliberate. It's almost as if they probably do. They have a calendar set up. They're like, okay, the first two weeks of April, the best they'll get. With some exceptions, like very minor ones, like the Pujols, Chase Pack, or obviously the collections are 99s. 96 Joe Mauer, another collection. First two weeks of April, highest they're getting is a 90. Second two weeks, we're going to 91. First week of May, 92, 93. That's the highest they'll get. I appreciate the scaling. In theory, it also means we'll get more cards of more players like this year we got a 91 Mariano Rivera because right now the general ballpark for relievers high tier ones is like 89 to 92 ish you know we're getting a 99 Rivera fuck we might even get like a 95 96 we have a 96 Kenley Jansen you know we're getting a 99 of him So I appreciate that. I like that. I think that is a good way to give people more cards, give them more time with more cards, and just make the game a little more balanced. They've also scaled back hits per nine for starters. We're talking about attributes. I don't think we're going to see very many perfect game or no-hitter cards this year, and if we do, we won't get them until November. eh. September, October, November. I'll give it, it's a wide three-month range, I get it, but, like, they're gonna wait, 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 wait to give us that shit, because we have to work our way up to it. We can't be dropping no-hitter Justin Verlander, I don't even know when he dropped last year, June or July, he was one of my best pitchers for the whole fucking game cycle. You can't be having that. Al Leiter dropped really early. They don't have Al Leiter's rights anymore. Rest in peace, Al Leiter. That's upsetting to me, because I loved him. But, like, I don't think we're gonna get a lot of no-hitter perfect game cards. Maybe it tops now of one of them if it happens. Nasty Nestor-Cortez almost had one today on Monday, um, the day before you guys are listening to this. They've also eliminated outliers, not the right way to say it, but made it much less important, which is good. Hitting this year, talking about gameplay, is hard to fuck enough as is. I don't think it works uh, truly well. Eliminating outlier at least means that you can go on Hall of Fame and Legend and, most likely, not strike out 27 times uh, in 27 outs. So, that's better. Uh, I think they've also taken a real good look at seeing which pitchers should have outlier and which shouldn't. We'll see how that develops over the life of this game. Like I said, clearly it's early. But, like, Randy Johnson having outlier makes a fuck ton of sense. Some other guys they gave it to last year? I I don't don't think so. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. The gameplay. I want to start first with something I like. And this has been a very you either like it or hate it thing so far this year. I haven't really seen much middle ground. I fucking love the diving. I absolutely fucking, I am over the moon that diving is cool and fun. If you're going to make home runs happen every other at-bat, if you're going to make fucking strikeouts happen every other at-bat, you might as well let the fielders have some fun too. That's the way I think of it. They've done a reasonably good job of fielding this year. Perfect, perfect throws to any base. Immaculate, beautiful, great that they finally did that. That is a good thing that we should all be acknowledging. Urgency is much better, sometimes too good. But urgency for outfielders and infielders, much better. There's still some mistakes, there's still some bugs, we have to acknowledge that, but it's much, much, much better. Diving. Outfielders are out here fucking doing Spider-Man somersaults out here to make catches. My infielders have common badges, and they're fucking doing a slip and slide on KY Jelly from opposite corners of the diamond to make diving stops. It is amazing. It's amazing. Does it make hitting harder? Probably, in theory. But, like, it's at least something exciting. It's better than you getting pissed off at your fielder for fucking something up. And, based on how easy it is to do, if your opponent does it twice in a game, you'll probably also do it twice in a game. So it comes out, it evens out in the wash. Whatever the fuck they say, the saying is, I don't dislike the diving. I wish the next step in the progression of fielding would be to again fix the way home runs are robbed. I don't think that little like green arrow indicator is always perfectly timed up with how the ball is traveling downward. Maybe I'm just fucking stupid. I can rob a home run like once every 10 tries. Maybe that's a good percentage. I don't actually know if it is. But I'd like maybe to have a more interactive or more immersive way of robbing home runs. I don't quite know what that is. Maybe there's, like, another type of meter bar that appears somewhere where if you line it up, like... And it's got to be hard. It's got to be hard. But, like, if you line it up absolutely perfectly, it'll work. I just need visually something better. I don't need the process to be easier or harder, necessarily. I just need it to be a little more visible. Again, I don't know what... That's very vague. I don't really know the answer or the solution. But visually, I personally do not think that little arrow indicator thing on the wall... Is, is the right move. If you disagree, let me know in the comments. If you disagree or agree or have expansions on anything I'm saying, please, YouTube comments, let me know. Obviously, if you guys are listening on Apple and Spotify, you know where to find me on Twitter. You can email me, MLB the show, the Pod at yahoo.com. Yes, it's a Yahoo account. Don't fucking sue me. It's the only thing I use Yahoo for, so leave me alone. Um, but let's, now, now gameplay. The, the real gameplay problems exist in two areas, in my opinion. Number one, they said that they nerfed pinpoint. They were probably right to do that. Let, let's give them credit for recognizing that it probably needed to be done. But now, perfect inputs are just fucking flying over the middle of the plate. That's not okay. I understand if we're trying to change the sensitivity of pinpoint or the op I just made that word up. Of pinpoint. I get it. But if I put in perfect input whether it's hitting or pitching, I expect the result I asked for to happen. The purpose of the PAR region is that a perfect input pitching on pinpoint, specifically on pinpoint, because we're talking about pinpoint, the ball will land in that circle. That means me as the pitcher, as the user, I have accepted, okay, if I have a perfect input and perfect release, at least I'll know it'll be in that circle. And that's how I formulate my game plan. It is inexplicable. Inexplicable. For a a perfect or damn near perfect release to be nowhere fucking close on the opposite end of the plate. That's not what I signed up for. That's not what I was told. That's not what I agreed to. Just a little frustrated about that. This is not me whining. I think this is me just being realistic for everybody. And I think I, I, I speak for most people on that. Secondly... Hitting inputs. We know that's the big conversation starter. Either the hitting engine was nerfed, the hitting engine is broken, or there's a misrecognition between swing and contact result. What I mean is, maybe the game is registering swings actually incorrectly. Maybe it's got some bug where like a squared up swing actually means it was queefed on... By, like, an 80-year-old woman. I I mean, I I don't know. I I just... uh, Something is not triggering. A plus B is not equaling C for hitting. At least not all the time. There are some days this game runs well. The hitting works. The pitching works. The fielding's great. There aren't any buggy, laggy bullshits, which there's normally a lot of this year. There are days, l- this is literal, this is serious, this is this is showing potential, giving praise here. There are actually some days where I'm like, wow, this game's good. This game plays well, I can hit, I can pitch, I'm enjoying myself, things are going well. But then, either the next day, or even if I shut it off and come, excuse me, come back four or five hours later, it just literally is a dumpster fire. It is just like my first baseman is warping over to third base. Outfielders, I can't tell if the ball's past them or in their glove. It's literal horseshit. Suddenly, your perfect perfects that were leaving are just fucking pop-ups to the second baseman. There's a consistency problem. There's a server problem. There's a ping connection problem for online players. But there's also that input problem. Like I said, and this is what everybody says. and This is what everybody wants. This, This I'm confident I speak for everybody in. Don't we all want our perfect perfects to work? If I, if I floor it in my car, if I just go Spongebob style, Mrs. Puff telling him, big toe, and I just take, if the real ones will know. You, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're either not born in the 90s or you think I'm a fucking lunatic. But there's a Spongebob episode where he's learning how to drive, and he takes his big toe out his shoe. It pops out the front of his sneaker, and he slams on the gas, and the car goes fast. If I slam on the gas and the car goes fast, that is what's supposed to happen. If I slam on the gas and the car, like, doesn't move or goes normal speed, I should probably go see a mechanic because it's broken. Maybe that's right. The not, not the right analogy to give. It's the best I got off the top of my head on the spot. But, like, if it's broke, we fix it. It's been a month. This game's been broken the whole time. They haven't fixed it. This could be one of two things. They're ignoring it, and they're going to say fucking deal with this because we're working on 23. Or, less likely but hopeful, they are working on one end-all-be-all patch that is like, okay, we're going to fix hitting here, we're going to fix pinpoint here, maybe we'll nerf diving just a smidge, and we'll work on some stuff. It is egregiously irresponsible and embarrassing, in my opinion, that SDS has not yet publicly acknowledged the hitting flaws in this game. They've acknowledged some other issues. They've remedied them. They've said we're working on them. Like the 120, whatever the fuck it's called, it's FPS, Hertz. I don't know the lingo. They acknowledge that as a problem. They offered a solution in the interim. And like four to five days later, they're like, here, we fixed it. That, while also a little fucking embarrassing, we talked about that in our last episode was the, one of the very first times that SDS acknowledged the problem, offered a solution, fixed the problem in a condensed amount of time. I give SDS and MLB The Show and devs and its forward-facing figures a lot of credit a lot of the time. They're always public. They listen to the community. You know they listen to the community. They're very good at giving us like the fun cards that are fan favorites, so we enjoy ourselves. They listen to the community. They do. So for them to have massive hitting issues and not acknowledge them is embarrassing. And it worries me. But I know they've heard them. We should all know they've heard them. We've been loud about it. Trust me, we've been very loud. But they listen. They know. They hear us. They've spoken. I I do not. I want if for some reason people thought I had the ear of people SDS, you're fucking lunatics. I do. I do not know anybody at SDS. Me and one dev follow each other on Twitter, Victor. I think he follows pretty much anybody who follows him first. Um, I DM'd him one time (laughs) about missing pre-order packs, and he got back to me, and he said, here's what you have to do. It's the only time I've ever spoken to a developer in my life. I don't know what's happening. I can only be hopeful that they're fixing it, but I can promise you they've heard us. And here's where we all fold our, cross our legs, put our hands up in the air and have a prayer circle where we just kumbaya and say, listen, we're all in this together. High school musical style. We're all in this together. If this game's good, we're going to do it together. If this game sucks, we're going to do it together. What we need to remember all to do. That wasn't a sentence. What we all need to remember to do. (laughs) We are not married to this game. Yes, I stream it. Yes, I have this podcast. Yes, I'm addicted to grinding and collecting. I think that's where they get a lot of people. I'm, a- I'm addicted to collecting shit. Hence all the fucking stuff behind me here. If you guys are not on YouTube, you don't know what I'm talking about, come check out the video. I have all this fucking Power Ranger shit behind me. I will be playing this game. But it's okay to take a couple days off. Go step away. Go take a mental break. If the game's frustrating you, fucking turn it off. You don't have to play. We just, we gotta, we just gotta all take care of ourselves. This game is not the end of the world. If you have a shitty game, don't take it into your life. Don't take it into your marriages, your friendships, your, you know. I don't think a lot of people take it this extreme, but I just, I want to make sure people know. It's a game. We'll all be fine. I promise you. Different story for content creators who make livings and money off this game. So if you're one of those, don't listen to me. But like, let's just have fun, okay? I hope it gets better. Trust me, I do. Because I want all of us to enjoy this game. I want to have fun playing it. I want to give you guys good content. I hope stop being a negative dick on this podcast but I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode I, like I said I think this is a good way to just take stock reflect acknowledge goods and bads and we move on alright Remi- uh, reminder new podcast Earth's Mightiest Idiots EMI or EM Idiots rather on Twitter go follow it I will drop the link in the in the fucking YouTube description I still don't know how to be a YouTuber put it in the description you guys can subscribe on YouTube if you'd like I'd love you forever if you did that um and that's that. I don't even, I lost my train of thought fucking entirely. My brain is fried. Um, if you guys liked this episode, comment below what you agree with, what you disagree with. We'll have a conversation. I always like hearing from you guys. And that's it. 35 minutes later, I'll see you next week.